Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Eagle Eye Podcast from Ashland University. This is your host, David Silverberg. Well, I'm happy to introduce Dr. Pat Ferencamp today, and Pat is with us today. She is a professional instructor of doctoral studies and advanced programs at Ashland University. She has experience as a gifted coordinator, and also she's been the co-director of the Essex School for the Gifted at Otterbein University. So welcome, Pat. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, we really appreciate your time during this uh, challenging time, and uh, we look forward to your insights. And let's just jump into this here. What are some of the sure. um, challenges, um, opportunities, uh, best practices that you're seeing out there? What are your thoughts about what's going on in response to this pandemic? Okay, I think I wanted to start maybe with uh, some advice that I would give, uh, because I've had to think about this quite a bit in my own life and take my own advice. So. It is an unprecedented time. You know, we've heard over and over again that it is. It's true. I'm teaching five online classes right now, two of which have come in person, some in-person components, uh, but now they're 100% online. And my students are teachers. They've had to create their own online classrooms overnight, literally. Many of my students are also parents, and now they're creating classrooms at their own home for their own children. So some parents who do not work in the education profession are also working from home doing other things while trying to continue the education for their children. It's just bottom line, we need to give each other grace and honor each other. And we really have a new relationship. I I really think we are co-teaching now. There are two things that really stick in my head to give for advice. One is Maslow's hierarchy. We know that it's a hierarchy of needs and COVID-19 has its own hierarchy. School is really important during this crisis, but it's not as important as the needs of our families who are experiencing anxiety and fear as we develop our new normal. You know, our kids and families need us more than ever to model social and emotional learning before content. So here's what we've done at our house, and I've suggested it uh, to other parents to, first of all, set a clear schedule, you know, including breaks and exercise. And my husband and I do that, too. We've identified reserved spaces in our home for the daily scheduled activities, like I'm in my office right now, and that's where I go when I work or when I'm doing something like this. They need a school workspace. They need entertainment spaces. And those it's nice if you can have those reserved. So we know what those spaces are for. And also, certainly, if you need to ask a question or get a direction clarified, reach out and ask for help. I think sometimes we hesitate to do that. We try to figure out ourselves. It's good to reach out at this time for a lot of reasons. And also, then finally, this is something that I've had to remember because I am uh, doing a lot with uh, different entities right now. You know, if I receive a phone call or an email that would be better responded to at a later date, I say, you know, I'm going to respond to you at a later date. It's not good right now to talk, but I will be calling you at a certain time, giving myself that time that I need. 
That's great. Great advice. And I'm curious when we think about gifted education in particular, are there any recommendations you have for families that are struggling or aspiring to support their kids along those lines with that population? Absolutely. You know, there are some really good sites that they can go to. If they haven't gone already, it's a good idea to go there. Uh, There are some places on Facebook, if you are on Facebook. And and if you're not, I've got some other examples. But for instance, there's a new Facebook page called Learning Through the Chaos. And people who are contributing to this are teachers and families and even some students. And the, the suggestions are really very organic and very real life. So I would recommend that anyone who would like to investigate that could do that. By the way, I, I've got all of these references that if somebody would like to email me, I would be glad to email them these references because sometimes they're kind of hard to find. So I'd be glad to do that. Also, the saying, supporting the emotional needs of the gifted. Like I said, you know, that Maslow's hierarchy says that we need to take care of our mental health first before anything else is possible. And they've got a great Facebook page. They also have their own website. So even if you're not on Facebook, you can go there and they have a a free newsletter. And so sometimes those are are good resources to to sign up for. One of the things that I, I really like is that they are taking a look at specific online presentations right now. They did a parenting during the COVID-19 pandemic, curiosity, creativity, and concerns. And there was a Dr. Joanne Foster who did that. And I believe if you sign up for the website and the uh, newsletter, you'd be able to retrieve that, uh, that taping of that session. That's very important. There's another thing that I'm real advocate for, and that is taking a look at our twice exceptional children. We've got children who are at both ends of the spectrum. They are both maybe have some learning challenges, but then they've got great gifts. And sometimes we only pay attention to the challenges because we think we need to fix that before we can ever address anything that would be qualified as a gift. So they have a Facebook page. They also have a website. And I would really recommend that anyone who has a twice exceptional child, whether you are a parent or you are a teacher, this is a great resource for now. And then also when we recover from this, which you know we will. And then finally, the National Association for Gifted Children. If you haven't found this yet, it's really an important website to see because they've got webinars, they've got live chats, they've got research, best practices, technology you know, all of it with gifted in mind. So, you know, that would be something that I would definitely recommend if you haven't signed up for that yet. And are you finding that, and maybe I uh, just want to make sure I'm hearing this clearly, are you finding that some of those resources that you mentioned are offering materials specifically uh, with this in mind, understanding that there's the pandemic going on and, you know, the emotional or even maybe intellectual issues that are going along with it? Yes, absolutely. We, I know, have talked before and, and I wanted to bring up the whole issue of overexcitabilities. And this is for our gifted children and adults and adults. Many times there are adults who have not realized that they would have been identified as gifted because we haven't really had a lot of mandated practices until of late. So it's very important for us to realize that everybody has overexcitabilities, but gifted have them for a longer period and a little deeper than others might experience. So that is something to really keep in mind that, and that's okay. You know, sometimes uh, one of the overexcitabilities, for instance, is emotion. 
And sometimes gifted individuals are told what you shouldn't be so emotional. Why are you so emotional? Which is really a negative. We need those emotions at this time. I work for Grandview Heights. I'm their gifted coordinator for only 150 hours a year, but I'm very linked into what they're doing. And they have a key club there. And the, the leadership happens to be uh, kids that I know who are identified in our program. And they were really worried about being able to contribute during this time. And so this young lady who definitely has an emotional overexcitability said, we've got to do something. And so she contacted the Mid-Ohio Food Bank she found out what items they needed. She communicated to her membership, and they are participating in this even during this time of necessary social distancing. So they, they took a look at this, and they, their leadership really came through, too. It's really interesting to talk to kids about you may be really frustrated and very sad about this situation, but there are things that you can do. You can write a letter to a neighbor who may be all alone, or you might be able to communicate or call a friend or call a relative who is really anxious at this time. So giving them and empowering them that, that ability to make a difference, I think, is really important at this time. Well, I like what you're saying about the, the optimism and also kind of, in a way, the silver lining, the opportunity that comes along with these challenges and that we uh, give the students some, um, that we help empower students to feel part of uh, what's next. And what I'd like to do right. is talk a little bit about, maybe speculate a little bit from your point of view, what do you think about, uh, are, are there, there going to be any long-term effects from this? I mean, we certainly hope that the medical part of this gets cleared up as fast as possible. Do you think that there's going to be any long-term impact on education based on what we're seeing? I'm an optimist. So what I'm seeing right now is really a silver lining. I'm seeing parents and teachers coming together. I'm seeing a lot of flexibility. For instance, again, I'll go back to my example with where I work in Grandview Heights. They, they had a plan that they put out that was, you know, first of all, they're feeding people. You know, that's, that's Maslow's hierarchy. So you've got grab-and-go breakfast and lunch plan. It's right out there. They let everybody know. You don't have to be on free or reduced lunch. It's there for you. Um, they are posting COVID-19 updates on their website. So that's, that's a nice place, too, because you've got a one-stop place where you can find out about updates and then find out what's happening at your child's school. Um, they have a planned learning experience, uh, which they talk about, you know, this isn't real time. You know, we're not expecting you during the day to be teaching your child for six and a half hours a day. That's not realistic. We want to make sure that they have a good balance of activity. They've uh, published ideas for enrichment. They've also said it's really important to think about challenging your child's thinking with the cognitive and the affective. So in other words, that good old Bloom's taxonomy, remembering, understanding, applying, analyzing, evaluating, creating, but also Kratwall's taxonomy, and he does the affective side, and, and they are really pushing that as well because, again, kids need to know that they're safe first before they can continue with their education. So I think we're seeing that whole social and emotional learning that's very important actually come into play now because it, it, we have to. We really have, and we have to partner with the families in order to do that. So I see it as really a silver lining. And I think we're going to come out of this with more appreciation for each other and more understanding about our children. It's interesting at Grandview Heights, they, they didn't publish, they haven't just bombarded families with websites. 
and, and activities. They've been very thoughtful and purposeful. So the first thing they did was they said, here's our first week. Let's just take a look at our first week. And that was March 30th, April 3rd. And now they've got uh, information that they're sending them that says, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to take a look at another week. And so that's this next week, April 6th through the 10th. And, and they're giving their teachers that opportunity to do what they do in the classroom because they don't plow ahead to another week without really taking a look reflectively at their last week and to see where their students are and to make sure that they're ready to progress and make the adjustments that they need to adjust. So I just really applaud them. I'm, I'm just very proud to be a part of this particular school district because they are really thinking out of the box and they're thinking just about the children. Thank you. That's very good, helpful feedback. And I'm curious here if you'd like to speak to this about as somebody who obviously has great experience in the K-12 arena and then also um, uh, works at the university level too at Ashland, what are your thoughts or hopes, I guess, uh, as far as how this might have a ripple effect up through what we do as far as teacher preparation and leadership preparation uh, at the upper levels? Do you think this gives us an opportunity to change or grow in some fashion? It really does, and it's happening right now. I'm, I'm so proud. I'm teaching five classes right now, and two of them are gifted classes. There's one that I'm teaching that's a professional development class, and then there's another one that I'm teaching that is in the gifted endorsement series in its curriculum. And both of those classes are taking a look at their assignments through the lens of this pandemic. They're taking a look at how can I get this information out to the students, find out what they understand, what they need and also really make a difference when we go back into the classroom so that we are uh, really handling the very most important concept. There's just really a lot of thought going on. And I've been just amazed. In fact, I co-wrote a, an article for the Ohio Association for Gifted Children, which, by the way, is another organization that's really a good one to be a member of if you're here in Ohio. But uh, we co-wrote uh, an article about how to address this online learning with gifted students during this pandemic. And that's going to be in their spring review uh, publication. So, but, you know, we've been able to have a lot of opportunities come out of this really sad event, but I think that's kind of the way we are in, in America. I think we always kind of try to take a look at that opportunity and, and try to give everybody the support they need. Thank you. And it's so interesting because a lot of, uh, a lot of people talk about how they wish education would, would grow or change faster. And they've talked about that. And then suddenly we're <laughs> here and it's happening. Um, yeah, it really so, is. It is. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you being part of our sense-making journey of this. And uh, your perspective Absolutely. is incredibly helpful. Is there anything else you'd yeah. like to add or any, any resources you want to reference? When we take a look at what we need to do, uh, we can't forget ourselves. So we need to take a look at some self-care and really think about that. You know, social distancing does not mean social isolation. When we work with our children, our young people, we do need to provide them education about this, but age-appropriate information. We really need to create a very safe physical and emotional environment by practicing those three R's, which we've practiced in person and now we need to do uh, in this particular pandemic, uh, reassurance, routines, and regulation, and emphasize strengths, hope, and positivity. Children do need to feel safe, secure. They need to be, feel positive about their present and their future, and we can help by focusing children's attentions on the stories, how people come together. I have been communicating with several 
parents who have gifted individuals and, and gifted children, and they also, uh, some of them have twice exceptional students. So I just love this story. Um, the, the parent said, you know, I'm thinking about allowing my second grader to take a middle school online animal science course. What do you think? And I said, I think that'd be fine. What does she think? So, well, she thinks, she thinks that's great. So she did sign up for it. And in her welcome, I'll call her Kathy. She says, hi, to her class uh, on discussion board. Hi, I'm, I'm Kathy. I have loved animals ever since I was young. <laughs> Keep in mind, she's in second grade. And I am always eager to learn more. Well, I really like how you're how you look at this through an optimistic viewpoint, and also one that that really celebrates the the gifts and um, <laughs> the possibilities for gifted learners, uh, as they may be able to to shine in certain ways that they they couldn't in a more traditional setting. So, exactly. Well, thank you for joining our our exploration here of support for educators, uh, and we very much appreciate your time and effort. Thank you so much, David. This podcast is licensed under Creative Commons. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.